0: This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with Authors, the podcast, and also live YouTube streaming video show. I suppose I should say that nowadays. I am your host, Erica Lance. With me today is. Oh, wait, pause for a second. Okay, and our guest today, and I'm going to, uh, Dalrymple. Yes. yes, Wendy Dalrymple. Yes, very good. Full mark. I love the name. I have Thank this you. thing with names, and it's terrible. I've done HR for 25 years. And like, there's a girl that works for me. I love her. Her name is Susan. I called her Samantha for a week and a half. Oh, I don't know why. And she thinks it's funny. So she treats that as her alter ego when she's <laughs> it's like, oh, Samantha's here at work today. And I'm like, that's going to be a whole load of bullshit. So. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Let's talk about what we're drinking. Cause we do. So today it's a little chilly out here in Florida. I say that and people will laugh at us when we do this and they're up north and they're in the snow, but it is, I mean, looking at the temperature, 55 degrees out. So I decided to drink straight whiskey. So this is old, yeah, like a boss. This is um, Old Smoky Tennessee Mango Habanero. I've drunk it before on the show, but I love it and it's amazing and it's just on the rocks and I should be thoroughly fucked up by the end of the show. (laughs) Vanessa, what are you drinking?
1: I am drinking wine this time. I'm not drinking water, so you don't have to yell at me this time. Um, and I have, it's basically like the last glass I had of the Dreaming Tree Crush. So there you go.
0: That was very good. Okay,
2: Wendy, what are you drinking? I'm having two Guinnesses in a giant copper mug that I got for Christmas because it fits too. And this is going to be a long interview,
0: so. That's well, I, I love that. Yes, no, okay, that's amazing. The tank t- you guys gotta watch on YouTube because the tanker is amazing. Okay, Wendy, tell all the fans out there that are listening or or watching what you write.
2: I am primarily a contemporary romance author. I also write a little bit of historical and a little bit of paranormal, um, but but contemporary small town sweet romance, which is important to denote um is is what I I typically write so um by that I mean uh there's gonna be minimal swearing in my my romance there's gonna be closed door sexy time scenes um it's gonna be pretty wholesome something you could let your anybody read and not be embarrassed about Um, but uh it's that's that's basically it and um it's also important to note that most of my stories take place in Florida I live in Clearwater, and um, I like to bounce all over the state. Uh, there are a few of my stories that take place locally in Pinellas County and in Hillsborough County, um, but um, primarily I like to write about the state of Florida and have that be a character in my story alongside a lot uh, the main characters.
0: That makes um, sense. Florida can be a character in any story. We have a weird be, state. Right?
2: <laughs> yes, there's a lot of material to work off of. Um, one of the stories I just got finished with is um, set over in Wikiwachie, and it is a enemies to lovers manatee tour guide story. So yeah. <laughs> that one was a lot of fun to write. Um, are, there,
0: are there mermaids
2: in that story? There's not mermaids in that one, but I did write a Wikiwachie mermaid one um, as well. So I've I've really run the gamut of all the interesting things in Florida you could pick up. What, what is the name of these stories? So the one I was just telling you, it's called Love Springs because it's about going to the springs and seeing the manatees. The other one um, was uh, Love Underwater. And that one was actually about a wiki-watching mermaid and her journey and like friends to lovers and just like a, a young, I guess you would call it a new adult story, um, just about her finding her way.
0: That's amazing. Okay so when did you start writing?
2: Well my mom would tell you I started writing when I was five years old but um, the first I can remember is third grade. I really got into it. Everybody else was asking for Nintendos that year and I asked for a Smith Corona electric typewriter and my parents were wonderful and they got it for me and so I've been writing in earnest since third grade but um Uh, As far as publishing, um, it's only been within the last year and a half that I've been doing that.
0: Very cool. So how many books do you have out if you've only been publishing for a year and a half? (laughs) I I was cyber stalking you before this, but I didn't count. So... Well, um, so I, uh, generally
2: I write for, um, Bryant street shorts, which is an imprint of Scribd. If you've heard of Scribd, um, I, I write, um, originals romances for them mm-hmm. and I do one to two of those a month, pretty much two a month at about 30,000 words each. So I've got, I think about 20 I did for them. I also did um, a novella of my own, a short story collection with my friend Emma under her pen name, and uh, quite a few other short stories all within
0: the last year and a half. Wow, that's that is um, way more prolific than I have been. So, well,
2: I also that's it's my full time job. This is this gets all. I have the luxury of have of having this be my full like uh, focus. So um it's I think it's you know uh uh, probably for other people that seems like a lot but for me it's it's why it gets all of my attention
0: well I think even for some full-time writers that's a lot just just to put that into context um so what why did it take you till till now why did it take you till a year and a half ago
2: well the same reason I guess it takes for everybody else when you when you get into it Um, I think I was thirty. Seven when I when I first got my my first publication printed with Scribd, and um, I I you know you just you you I was working full time for uh, as a copywriter before then raising my my three sons, married all that stuff. So it just I never took the time to do it for myself. Um, but then after the birth of my third son, um, I had been I had I had been misdiagnosed I did they I ended up having um preeclampsia which didn't get treated and so what happens is that that turns into full-blown eclampsia and then you get sick and you probably die well I didn't die and so after that happened you kind of go through like a period of like what am I waiting for now and so after that happened I started a blog I started writing short stories again and from there I was able to get the gig with Scribd and so it was uh unfortunately like a really dramatic thing that happened that got me to finally say okay I'm not gonna wait until my kids are grown up I'm gonna do it now and so it really paid off
1: That's definitely definitely like a way of taking a bad situation and really getting it to like put your focus into something positive and moving forward and something that maybe you wouldn't have taken a chance on doing unless this bad thing happened.
2: Right. Oh, and I definitely took a minute to wallow and feel sorry for myself after it happened. But then afterwards I was like, you know, what am what I'm I'm just there's no reason to wait anymore. So yeah.
0: You no, know, it's a good outlook to have. And so let let's go back to asking for a typewriter instead of a Nintendo, which arguably was a very interesting choice and it's good that your parents were supportive and didn't immediately wonder if you needed some sort of help but um when so when you're writing what what was your evolution like when did you i can ask a whole question wait for it it. we'll see we'll see once that glass is empty (laughs) no i won't be able to no jonathan mayberry seen what happens when that glass is empty it's not a good thing when Did you decide, like, hey, I actually want to get published? Was this just a a labor of love, a hobby? When did, I know you, when you got published, but when were you like, you know what, I would like to do this? Like, when did that come into mind?
2: Well, there was a few things that happened. So we bought a new house and then we had to buy new appliances for our kitchen. And then I said, you know, I don't want to pay on these anymore. I'm going to start doing freelance on the side. And so I did that. And while I was doing the freelance, I found a gig to write a short story and that ended up being for script. And so it really wasn't until the opportunity fell in my lap that I even considered publishing a possibility for me. Like I knew I could self-publish, I knew I could, I could do other things, but it wasn't until the opportunity was presented to me that I really took, took it by the reins and made it something you know, it was, uh, I wish there was a better (laughs) way to to put it or a better story, but I was lucky that I I came across a position that I, that I'd always wanted my entire
1: life, basically. Now, there's Um, there's a bunch of stories, like, you said you've always written yourself and you've clearly edited for other people but did you just write for fun and have like a backlog of stories on your computer or
2: yeah like yeah I did absolutely I had stuff that I'd been working on for years and then um I I finally put it into what it was was a blog of my short stories and that eventually became Florida Gothic which I have out now in a short story collection on Amazon um, and those are actually um, horror stories, which is what I initially thought that I wanted to do, which is also where the paranormal comes in. And, um, and I'm finding that I really am enjoying writing romance, especially in our current climate being stuck at home and just like the, the, the escapism that comes from it, the feel goods that come from it. I still love horror. I still would want to go back to writing horror someday, but at this point, like I'm so grateful. For romance that it's just really made things so nice you know
0: you know that's I, I think that's awesome it's just interesting because a lot of times when you talk to people and they they're writers for a long time like their goal is like I need to get this published And you know regardless of what happens in your trajectory it's just it's very fascinating to find somebody that was like yeah I don't know I kind of like it and then somebody wanted to publish me so I was like okay fine I'll that, do that's fine. A-
2: Well, yeah. And part of it too, was like that, that fear of what stopped me for so long and, you know, just the, the fear of putting stuff out there and and having people read your stuff and then you get the feedback on it. And it's like, it, it took me to that point of, of something big happening in my life to me. Like, well, I don't care anymore now. Like, I don't care about the, I don't care if I get negative feedback. I don't care if anybody doesn't like it or not. Now it's like, it's, you got to do it now and you just got to suck up all those anxieties over it.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's touch on that for a second. What has it been like? What has your feedback been like? Um, well, you know how it is when you get those bad negative reviews, they like
2: glare and stare out at you. But like in reality, they're it's 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 much less than the the positive feedback i'm getting and it and it, when you do get the fo- positive feedback and it's not from your mother or from your best friend or a former coworker it's it's something really amazing and so i mean people see it's it's as long as people know what they're getting like i do have one story that has a cover and it's a pretty sexy looking cover but my stories it's toned down it's not like it's it's the sweet romance like i've said so the, the covers i as we, i saw you talk about in another podcast are very important and setting expectation for the reader so I think as long as the readers know that my story is going to be short and it's going to be sweet that they're not going to be disappointed hopefully
0: no and it doesn't matter if they are so you read your reviews then
2: I do. Um, I I know that's probably a mistake, but as a new writer, I really want to, I want, I want to know, and, and it's helped me develop a thick skin, and I know that there'll be some point where I just won't care anymore, but um, I just, I think, I I think it's important to, to see what people are saying, and where my falling, where my failings might have been, like, if there's something that I missed that, that, you know, what my readers want, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I don't think Um it's a a bad thing I think it's just knowing you you have to know how what kind of person you are and how you handle criticism because if you're a person that if you see one negative thing and you have a mental breakdown and then you're like I'll never do this again then Mm -hmm. it's best to kind of like not do it but absolutely I've taken that as a way of saying well it is what it is but let me see if I can get something positive out of those Uh, yeah
2: And and it's like that old saying, like you can be the juiciest peach or whatever, but there's still going to be somebody that doesn't like peaches. Like, you know, that like, you're not going to be for everybody. So you have to just kind of take that as like, if somebody doesn't like what I wrote, then that's, it's not, it doesn't mean that it's bad.
1: Yeah. I think it's it's a way of knowing what's good, good criticism and bad. I mean, if someone's saying, oh, it's just not my cup of tea. Well, that's just someone's preference. Right. If someone says, oh you know, I was following this one character, and then they dropped off and disappeared. And I feel like, then that may be like, well, wait a minute, maybe I need to pay attention more to how you characterize certain characters, especially if you have multiple characters, Mm -hmm. you know.
2: And then I think avoiding the, 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 your, your feedback, you're, you're missing out on all the positive feedback that people leave too, because people can be very generous, and it can really help build your confidence on that note as well.
0: Oh. i think so too i think reviews are an interesting animal and you know i've heard so many prolific authors on this show talk about you know that are you know 40 years in the business and they talk about reviews and they're just kind of like meh. and it's interesting because you know i got on actually one of the first short stories i ever released i got a negative review and i actually considered it a compliment when i got it somebody read your stuff was like that was my whole thing and i decided if i was ever on a panel where somebody stood up to complain about my work uh, that hasn't happened yet but and maybe saying this somebody will now do that so that's great that was well done of me (laughs) but um uh if they stood up and they're like oh this 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 i'd be like thank you for buying my book any number of them that you're badgering right now thank you for purchasing them you can sit down
2: and you also stirred an emotion in them. Perhaps it was a negative emotion, but you you got, you got stirred an emotion. So you did something.
0: <laughs> no, that makes sense. So you started writing horror, though, mm-hmm. and then went to sweet romance? I did. I did. And, and,
2: well, it was a little bit of a progression. I started with horror, and then I went to paranormal romance, and then to sweet romance. Because I realized that with the paranormal romance uh, uh, subgenre, it's, there's a lot of, like, a, a little like like there's a lot of eroticism in it and I and I don't have a problem with that personally I don't have a problem writing it or reading it I do and I, I don't it's not that I don't enjoy it I'm not good at it <laughs> like I'm terrible at writing erotic scenes and that's the true reason why I I, I lean towards sweet romance because I'm a little bit better with that I feel I'm trying I'm I am I try every now and then to do a little bit of side stuff to see if I can and it's just it doesn't flow normally from me
1: yeah I mean I think even as a writer, you have to know that there's certain things that you'll always read, but you won't write. Like, you know, there's certain things where I'm like, oh my gosh, I love fairies and stories. Me, I don't see in the foreseeable yeah. future that I'll be writing fairies. Just because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. There's just, that's not the thing that I gravitate to when it comes down to like actually getting on the computer and typing out my story, you know? Right.
0: Yeah, I just, that's way too much fucking world building for me. Like, like, you know, I love fantasy writers. I, admi- I admire fantasy writers. You know, I publish fantasy writers. It's way too much world building. Like, way too much. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. No, please and thank you. I don't know that,
2: And with, with contemporary, it's so easy to just pick from, from real life, from what you see from other people, and, and to just, like... It, it, but like you said, with fantasy, like, oh, my goodness, the imagination that it must take to, to create that, it is impressive.
0: No, totally is and To keep track of everything, because that's the other thing. Vanessa over here does world building and has a world book, and I'm thoroughly impressed with her. I have a, a list of characters my um, lead characters slept with. I've, I've done that. I don't know if that counts as world building. But <laughs> the, the list I keep of that, <laughs> so I don't do repeats.
1: I, actually, I like I like uh, uh, building things from the ground up because it requires me to research which I, I enjoy research like you know searching religions and you know uh, different landscapings and stuff like that but it sometimes even as a thing even though it's my thing and I love writing fantasy it does have its moments where it does get daunting because it the world is its own character and mm. you can't lax on it just you know you know and just you know throw it just anything in there it has to even make sense even though if it's fantasy and magic based or anything like that Mm
0: -hmm. so let's talk a little bit about your process writing process well I know that there's
2: there's people that are pantsers and there's people that are plotters and I am a big time plotter I am a planner in like almost every aspect of my life so it makes sense that I'm also a planner in writing um I, I'll get an idea for a story. Now with romance, it's a little easier to organize your thoughts because romance is very, you got to hit your beats. There's, it's, there's tropes that you have to follow. Um, romance readers have, have an expectation of, of getting X, Y, Z. And so in, a, in that way, it's easy to plot for me because I know that I have to do this this and this um but yeah so I will I'll I'll know I need to write a 30 or 35,000 word novella in two to three weeks I'll mark it out I gotta do two to three thousand words a day I'll I'll plot out my chapters usually about 15 chapters ish and um, I'll just try to get it done, and hopefully, I'm not working on the weekends.
1: <laughs> you do now. When you say you plot, uh, are you writing like maybe a paragraph summary? Are you doing bullet points? Are you doing a timeline? Like, how detailed in your outline do you go?
2: Usually, about one to two sentences, that it'll be like um, it's it's really uh, it's it's formulaic, and I know that there's a lot of like people that don't like that. They think it's, it's too rigid, but so you, um, for me, I also, I write third, third person omnipresent, 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 I've only had a half a beer. Um, sure. So I write third person. And so I'll start with the, my first chapter will be to introduce the heroine. The second chapter will be to introduce the hero. And then from then on, I kind of flip flop and they each get a chapter um, from their point of view um, as the story progresses and um and so i a lot of times uh, 75 to 80% of what i plan will end up in the story and then things will pop up as they do as you're writing like oh maybe he gets a motorcycle instead you know like maybe we'll we'll add that little flair in there um so uh but yeah it's usually all in my head before i even get it down from beginning to end
0: that's very cool. What? How much research do you do? So if he suddenly gets a motorcycle, what kind of research are you doing? Um, I Google a motorcycle that looks good. And then <laughs> I use that because we're
2: talking, we're talking novella. So I, my main focus is on the relationship between the two people. That's where most of my words are going to go in. And those sorts of things I don't put a whole lot of detail into I'm not going to have him replacing any parts on it that I have to research and figure out like how that actually works that somebody won't be like they don't have that kind of lug nut you know so um since I am working on such a short word count I really focus so much on just the, the two characters and them falling in love um but again and my having them set in Florida, I'll have them go to places that I have already gone, like St. Augustine or to my hometown in Fort Myers, um, to uh, Sarasota, like places that I've actually physically been so that I can know what roads are there. I can know what the, what the, um, what the landscape looks like, that sort of thing. No, that makes
0: sense. I was going to ask, have you um, published an actual novel yet, like full
2: length? So the longest I've done is a 40,000 word Christmas uh, story called Miss Claus and the Millionaire, and it's set in St. Petersburg, but 40,000 is the longest that I've done. I'm like most of my stuff is very short form.
0: Do you intend on finishing any novels
2: or do you like the short form? I love the short form. I, I actually, I, I started out writing short stories, so I love short form, but I would have eventually like to do a longer form story and have that traditionally published like who wouldn't write. So I am currently working on a um, full length and it is an enemies to lovers story and it's set in a hurricane. And so that's my goal is by the end of the summer to have that done on top of all my other million projects
0: nice oh wow that's very cool are you doing it as a series intended or just one one you know
2: it's going to be a standalone but with characters sprinkled in so that if whomever should pick it up is is interested in a series I can just pull from one of those characters and then make the next story in the series about that character I feel like um for me personally having the same um hero and heroine or hero, heroine and heroine or hero and hero in a series of one two three is very difficult um for, for my type of sweet romance writing because like you would have to go to book two and they would have to have a breakup or something awful would have to happen for them to get together again so i i like the idea of of serial stories that focus on like jumping from one sibling to the next in a family that sort of thing you know
0: I think a lot of people do that when I say series I mean sort of around the same in a way world like you could do them set in mm-hmm. St. Augustine it's around oh, right. St. Augustine and around that world of St. Augustine but it's different characters I agree with you especially when it comes to um, romance type stories even more so than erotica stories like there's only really so many ways the characters are going to you know end up together or there's work. so
2: many different places they could do it in
0: well, there are, but there's still you know there's I mean, it's yeah, trust me, yeah, it's more difficult to write those kind of things.
1: I think it's great that you recognize that you know, because some sometimes the worst thing is when someone drags out a relationship over multiple books and you're just like, oh, yeah together and just shut up well even
2: even with the story like I try to I try to save it till the end for them to get together spoiler alert but like but it seems like if they get together in the middle of a story then what's the rest of the story going to be about and unless they have a baby and get married in the end but that's not always the end goal of my heroines like um I I don't necessarily think that needs to be part of a, a romance story
1: yeah I mean I think it's 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 harder to have longevity when you're focusing on just one aspect of the story like romance if maybe you had a story that had romance and mystery and murder then that's a different thing because you can kind of like spread it over several books but I think that's great that you recognize what it is that you're good at what you have and you work within that framework so Yeah, yeah
0: yeah thank you no, yeah. oh, it's awesome. Okay, we actually have to take a quick break. We're going to be back in just a minute with Wendy. This is the voice of Drinking With Authors. You are at our commercial break, and our commercial is, hey, do you want to be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us. But you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. And we're back. Okay, so I, do, I want to ask a question. You keep talking about traditional publishing, and you did mention self-publishing, but then when you talked about your book, I'm paying attention, by the way, you're going to be impressed, um, that you, you are looking for somebody to publish it, how come you don't wanna go the self-publishing route? It's really, I'm, I'm already doing that with um, one of my
2: novellas that I have, with an anthology that I have with a friend and a couple of my short novelettes. And it's, it's hard, it is a heck of a grind. And um, it's, I, I, and I really have a lot of respect for people that do it and are able to be profitable with it. I don't know that I'll ever get to that point. Um, And so I feel like having a smaller independent publisher would be helpful for me um, as a new author starting out, trying to get my name out there, somebody to help guide me with publishing. Cause like when I was a little girl with my typewriter, I thought that I was just going to get to write my stories and send them out. And then people would pay me the money. Um, but that's not the case now when you're a, a self-published author you are also your own book cover designer sometimes you're your own editor sometimes you're you know you're always your own publicist there's so much it's not just writing the stories and so um I feel like getting a, a smaller publisher maybe someday a bigger publisher behind me to help me um would would be a would be a good thing and I know a lot of independent authors don't feel that way but um I, it's a route that I would like to try before I, I, I write it off, Ha, <laughs> write it off.
0: Yeah, awesome. I don't think it's necessarily a bad, it's just interesting. And, you know, of course, part of the reason we have this podcast is to talk about different views and ways to look at things and stuff like that. Because I think I agree with you never be your own editor, by the way out there, I'm going to just stress this again, like that is never a good plan even my editors that work at four horsemen who are brilliant one of them's on the show right now cannot be her own editor she just no you can't our editors are kind of actually infamous for doing some of the stuff that drives them completely nuts as you're um, absolutely
2: blind to your own
0: errors everybody is oh yeah except for me i don't have any errors and i'm brilliant so let me
1: let me bust out my receipts erica (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> whatever, whatever, Vanessa. Brilliant. I'm actually brilliant because I don't care, and I just give it to the editor. And I'm like, tell me something that I'm repeating over and over again, and I'll remember to do it. It's that sort of putting the post its on your computer. Look for the word that. You know, <laughs> just like these Like this is what I'm doing. So you work with a smaller um, press. How did you come upon that opportunity? Um yeah so um I was
2: approached by um Brian Street Shorts which is a imprint of Scribd. Um they're I, if you're all if you're not familiar with Scribd they're a little bit like um like like a like Kindle Unlimited, like Audible. They fo- they're really heavily focused with audiobooks um as well. And so what they were aiming to do is create a bunch of their own original content. They wanted to be the Netflix of reading is the way it was um, present, presented to me. And that's exactly what they are. It's a, um, you know, you pay a fee every month and then you get a, this big digital library of eBooks and audiobooks. books. Um, and since romance writers are so so voracious, they weren't able to keep up with the, the, the demand So um, for romance. So that's why they wanted to start building their own Scribd originals, um, a library of romance. And so I was lucky enough to get in on the ground with that and um now i'm i'm never leaving them because they're so good to me
0: <laughs> very cool do you have print books or just ebooks and audio
2: i do well um the deal with my um contracts with scribd right now is that they get a year of exclusivity with my ebooks and they will they they cover all i get paid by, for them and then they also take care of all the editing and the covers and they create an audio book out of it and then after a year I the, the rights to the ebook are reverted to me and then I'm able to sell them wide, like go wide with them I can't obviously go on Kindle Unlimited with them because Scribd will have them as well but I'll be able to sell them on Amazon and on Google Play and Barnes & Noble and
1: and
2: so. so I just have to wait a year and then I get the rights reverted back to me and then I get to make them into paperback. So I think I have three from from Scribd that I already have in paperback that are available on Amazon. that's really awesome.
0: That's a lot of fun. So let's talk about your writing pro- process. I know you have um, uh, little furry animals in your house and little mini-me animals I, in your house. I you do. Have a combination of both. What is your writing process like? Well,
2: I think everybody has had to shift the way they work, obviously in our in our modern age, um, with working from home. My husband works from home full time now as well. Um for a a period of time there. My my two older sons were um were having were homeschooled. So um it was a little chaotic so you just you grab your time whenever you can a lot of times I'm up in the middle of the night because the dog barked at something and so I wake up at 2 30 and I can't go back to sleep so I grab my writing time then until everybody wakes up it's just there's no there's no schedule um for me to write it's just whenever I can grab the time
0: and I mean, obviously besides the middle of the night because you shouldn't do this you listen to music what do you do
2: um, sometimes I listen to like ambient um ambient noise, like on YouTube they'll have channels and it'll be like a really pretty picture of like a fairy castle and like meadow sounds in the background, like ASMR type stuff, just whatever to block out all of the creepy house noises that might cap might get my attention. Um but yeah, I usually do I'll listen to just something like in the background,
0: like water and tapping noises or whatever. It's, so, I just listened to my faucet run in the background. Um, where do you get your? It, that would be hysterical. I really want an author to come on and be like, "I just turn on my faucet and let it drip, <laughs> and that is what I listen to." Um, it's very Faulkner, actually. Now that I think about it, um, where do you get uh, your? You, you know, you talk about Florida, but do you people watch what inspires you? What makes you go, "I'm writing this down." Absolutely. So
2: um, the manatee story I was telling you about was inspired by a manatee trip that I took. I went swimming with manatees. Um, It terrified me. Uh, I know that sounds silly, but like they're so big and I'm so afraid of of creatures in the water and they were totally fine. I was just a weirdo. Um, But while I was on the um the trip, the boat, uh the tour guide was like so enigmatic. He was just like such a character and he stuck out in my mind. And so he was a little bit of inspiration for for one of my characters. Um, I have another book which is actually a romantic thriller and it's called The Bird, The Bird in the Window and it's inspired by my own neighborhood. I have, there's a house in my neighborhood and somebody has a blue and yellow macaw that like sits in the front window of their house. And I just like, I see it when I walk my dog and I just, I saw that and it gave me an idea for a story. And so, yeah, absolutely. The world around me, past experiences I've had, um, I don't ever, ever, ever model any of my characters over people I personally know. Sometimes I might borrow a little bit of their name for fun, but I won't, um, model the character after them but
0: you know your friends and stuff into the books we were just talking about that last night about the person and she's like I write all of my frenemies into my books
2: <laughs> no 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 that's like I don't know I feel like that's just bad karma for me but um I don't know maybe somebody will wrong me enough someday that I will
1: I what I'll do is I'll murder them but I it's their name but twisted in a way where it could it's it can't be full-on karma on me. it was the way I justified in my <laughs>
2: mind. Oh, we actually I have a, a friend of mine we actually have a collection of names like if we hear a, a, a strange name we have a running collection of names um just like like bizarre names for inspiration so sometimes I pull from that for
0: names too mm. no I think that's a brilliant idea Okay, so you, you were like, I'm gonna write full time. This is a fun story. I'm gonna write full time. I'm gonna do this. Um, when do you get out? Do you? I mean, obviously, we're in the time of COVID. So nobody's going freaking anywhere, right? But did you ever read up in front of people? Um,
2: you know, I can't honestly remember because most of my 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 writing uh career has been during COVID so um it's before I have not read read any of my stuff live I was never able to do that yet um I I did I did do a reading um on another podcast of some of my stuff before
1: did you have any friends or beta readers or anyone read your stuff prior to your like you know I'm gonna put this into the world. You know,
2: it's it's so hard because I don't have a whole lot of other friends in my like I have a lot of writer friends online now, but in my real life, I don't have a whole lot of other write writer friends like in that write fiction. So it was always hard. So I just kind of like went with my gut and and submitted what I had um when I came upon opportunities.
1: Do
0: you have a writer group
2: at all online now? Um, I I you know, I have a a few that I belong to on on Facebook and stuff, but, um, I have, uh, another, uh, a lot of the other writers that write for, um, Bryant street shorts were, were connected and we, we exchange ideas and we do beta reads for each other now. And, and, um, so that's been nice to have like just connections with, with people over in England and, and, you know, other parts of the country that I, I just, I feel, you feel like so close to them because you talk all the time about your writing and you've never met these people in person so it is kind of strange
0: what do you think beta readers
2: um I think that beta readers are necessary um I think they're fine the the thing with um with the way that I write for Brian Street Shorts it's so it's so quick it's like I'll I'll write it and then it'll get edited and a cover will be made and it'll be three weeks from the time that I submitted it to the time that it's published. It's like so fast. So if I get one beta reader on my story in that time, I'm lucky.
0: Wow, that is super fast. Um, did you, do they give you back your edits? They do if, if they feel like
2: they're necessary. A lot of times, if it's just grammatical issues, um, they'll they'll just obviously fix that not make me add all of the commas that I definitely missed. Um, but, uh, as far as like, unless something is not like, if it, if they think that it's not going along with like, like feminist ideals, if it's like, if it's problematic, if there was a sensitivity read issue, we'll definitely get notes back on that. But, um, most of the time it's, if you don't get them done quickly, your edits, then they won't be turned out as quickly. And I like to have them turned out quickly. So I get to them.
0: Like
1: wow how, that's awesome go ahead oh i'm sorry i like it for you to uh turn them out so quickly how many books like like when do you start at the beginning of the year and say okay this is your schedule you have to write this amount of, like what it what is what how do they set you up like how do you know what your expectation is for the year
2: well that's a good question so we have a, a portal where we um submit our uh our our pitches So we have to give them a really detailed pitch um, and a 500-word outline. And so I'll pitch two of those a month. Usually they get picked up. And I'll know that I'll have four to five weeks to write these two 30,000 word novellas. And so um, the, the thing that's e- the, the writing part is hard. It's the coming up with ideas for stories and titles. That's easy. I can do that all day long. I got, I have a, I have a notebook that I keep my ideas in. So I, I got the ideas. It's just the getting them put down on paper and getting them fully fleshed out. So it's not just an idea. That's, that's where the work comes in.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. So you said you do that and you submit these and you have four to five weeks to do two 30,000 word stories. Mm-hmm.
2: But like I said, I don't have, this is my job. Like I, this is, this is what I, this is all that I do and I love it. So I, I will some days work some days I, I write 500 words and that's it. Some days I'm working 14 hours a day when I'm probably close to deadline just to finish. So, um, you know, it would, if I had to have a outside of the home job it, it wouldn't be like this at all like i'd be lucky if i could do one every you know six months
0: so how many books did you write last year gosh
2: well i would guess i i think I, you know i did i wasn't quite as fast in the beginning obviously so it was i i think i probably did about 20. Ah. And, but but not
0: like remember they're not full length
2: they're not they're they're they're
0: novellas that doesn't matter that equals 10 full length books so that's ridiculous well,
1: wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact is most people think, talk about it, but they actually never accomplish, not even a short one. They just talk about it. And it's the fact that you did that many.
2: <laughs> well, I, I, I built that up. That was, that was uh, what I was uh, almost 30 years of, of, of waiting to write. And so I just went for it, I guess.
0: What about audiobooks? So, Have you heard, have your books been made into audiobooks yet?
2: Yes. And it's it's quite an amazing thing to hear your story in an audiobook and to like um my my favorite, favorite, favorite one. I have a um it's my only historical romance that I have through script. It's called The Shield Maiden's Secret the narrator is so good. It's so good. And I get chills when I listen to it and I love it. And, I, and so far I've loved every single one of my narrators. It like, I, I try to connect with them if I can on Twitter and be like, I love what you did. You brought my characters to life. This is great. That's one of the best things for me about, um, about writing for Bryant street shorts is that they do produce the audiobooks. And I think that that's really helped to, to gain me readership and 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 help with like just building my presence is having the audiobooks because people are voracious with them and they they really mm-hmm. once they read one I've noticed they jump to the other ones and so that so if you if they've listened to one of my audiobooks then they're probably going to listen to many more that's
0: good <clears throat> but you get to listen to it I think it's neat when you get it do you get to choose your narrators
2: no we don't but so far like i said they've they've done a really great job of of matching up like the um the narrator for my um my my shield maiden viking stories got like a like a, a british accent and and she's just just
0: i like you know chef kiss like <laughs> she's great that's awesome okay so do you do all your writing on laptop i'm, I'm assuming you still saved your typewriter though right you have that somewhere i think my mom
2: still has it i think it's in the the wendy dalrymple slash wendy owen uh, uh museum of history in my parents house in fort Myers. so um i do not i did not bring it with me when i left home though. no
0: did you so do you lap? can you can you write in like coffee shops and stuff like that
2: you know i i haven't had really the luxury of doing that yet so i would i, I would love to try it someday <laughs>
0: But um you, you wrote previously like your 30 years of writing where did you write it was laptops it was you know I
2: probably have um like my, my husband's in IT so I've had a, a number of laptops over so I probably have work on like a laptop from you know five laptops ago that I just didn't properly save but um, I do have, um, a ergonomic keyboard because I have 38 year old wrists. And so I ha it's like a, a wireless keyboard that attaches to my laptop and um, because it, it, I'm very hard on keyboards too, I'm a a, a passionate typer, so yeah. <laughs> I, I, go, I go through them very quickly. But yeah, that's and I um I use mainly Google Docs, which is great because if you have an idea on something, you can be on your phone while you're sitting and be like do do do, and put it right in there. And um, and I love Google Docs for that. I'm not a commercial. Pre COVID.
1: Did you, before pre-COVID, pre-publishing, did you ever take your laptop to a location? Like, did you go to like, cause see for me, sometimes I like to go to the Barnes and Noble cafe and just put on headphones and just get a coffee and just just to get out of my space or you just do yeah. that.
2: No, I've seen some writers where they will just get in their car and they'll drive to a park and they'll just sit and they'll do it in their car. And I think that's great. But like I don't like I said, for me, I like just the way that that my family life has been and and it's just I kind of have to grab my writing time when I can grab it. And so it's if it's at two in the morning, I'm not really gonna go anywhere. But after COVID, once all the kids are back in school, I think I will definitely try that because it sounds amazing
0: very cool. Did you does your husband read your work?
2: Uh, so it's romance and he's an IT guy. He's not really a big reader. He listens to audiobooks and I he's listened to a few of my audiobooks, but he really like I I mean I wouldn't expect him to. Um, but it's it really is. It's like um it's hard to it's hard to ask your friends and your family to read your stuff and if they do then I'm so grateful but I don't expect it of anybody because it's kind of like it becomes a weird thing then
0: you are much nicer than the rest of us writers because I'm like here read this fucking book and then tell me what you think about it like that is me I'm like you will take this and you will tell me what you think here I'm bringing you hard copies so you have no excuse
2: I think too, for me, it's like, I assume that anybody in my personal life that I give it to, they're going to be like, this is great. You're a great writer. And they won't really give me honest feedback. And so I think that that's where, like you were saying with beta readers, you give it to somebody that doesn't know you, they're going to, they're going to tell you what they think. And then, and that's, that's useful information to me. So I know my mom thinks I'm great. (laughs) Like I, you know. Uh, What is it like having your mom read your
0: romance stories?
2: It is not as awkward as you would think. My mother has been a lifelong romance reader. She actually just within the last year left um, working for childcare full-time to go work at a library. So she's she's the reason that I loved writing and reading in the first place. And she was always she always had a, a yellow legal notepad and was always writing her own romance stories back. And if, if things were the way they are now she probably would have self-published back then. Um, and so, so she's so she's fine with it like she it's it's not awkward um at all for me
0: does she critique you at all or does she just go it's fabulous Wendy
2: no but you know I don't ask either I know she she probably she probably would give me some feedback but as far as everything else goes she's never been one to be like like unless I ask for her opinion she doesn't give it
0: so. no that makes sense um uh, it can't be as awkward as my dad reading my erotica books though so you're you're that's, good that's the difference too it's like i'm <laughs> not presenting that kind of material yeah no that that's not what i handed to him that's not <laughs> what i handed to him. I can't actually i just thought of that vanessa i can't wait till your parents read your erotica books
1: uh no they will never know they will you never-, never know. No.
2: Vanessa, do you, or do you, I, I know I saw one of yours, um, Erica, but Vanessa, do you publish under your name or do you publish under a pen name?
1: Uh, both, both. Uh, right now, um, my, the only stuff I have are like, I participated in like two separate anthologies. So mm-hmm. on Amazon, I have two short stories that I've submitted under my real name. Um, And then I'm working to Erica, because I know she's looking at me directly. I will have full length novels under my actual name. uh, But I do have a pen name because I am going to do erotica. But um, I have, I have the unfortunate kind of situation with my family, if they found out they will never let it down. I, I don't, I- my dad and my brother would oh. harass me to the end of time.
2: Oh, that's kind of sweet though. That's no, it's sweet.
1: not. It is not <laughs> sweet in any way. It is exactly what you think of the worst case scenario. Like my dad would be the kind of guy that would be like, Hey, at the hibachi restaurant, my daughter's writing this, this, and this, and trying to embarrass me in front of, like, a whole mass of group of people, and I just can't do that. <laughs> just, I can't do it. Well, my dad a-
0: does that, but not from an embarrassment. He's super proud. Yeah. Like, my uh, This is my daughter. She's the one that wrote Whore Island. I told you about her, and I'm like... <laughs> I would you mean- not be proud of Whore Island?
1: He, um, he was proud of me. Oh, I forgot. I also have my name included in this. I just had this nearby me. the uh Author's accountability planner, and I when I Erica emailed it to me, and I was like, I went to my dad because, you know, my like I you know I always tell my family because they know how much writing's important to me. You know, my normal regular day job has nothing to do with writing, and they know that this is what I'm working towards. And I was like, look, my name is on this. Mm-hmm. It's right here, and so I I get a joy out of showing them
0: mm-hmm.
1: that this kind of stuff. But erotica i just That's know okay. you oh, and you know you
0: accidentally mail something to your dad accidentally no erica i will- <laughs>
1: will come after you but <laughs>
2: <sighs> that is why pen names exist right so that you don't have to hold back on your writing
1: exactly which i will say uh i never thought i would get to writing erotica because it's just not something I thought of myself as doing, but I will say it's always a joy to do something way out of your comfort zone because you could just have fun with it and then you just don't care and -hmm. you're just like, okay, you know, and just go with it. And uh, that's what I've gotten out of this whole like experience is uh, just making it into this like fun, quick thing and Mm -hmm. put it out there in the world
2: that is the nice thing about erotica too is it's generally shorter so you know
0: yeah Um, mine is not that much shorter actually i i do full-length erotic but they're humorous erotic novels so i think it just depends on the context i don't think you can have a book of just straight sex necessarily and keep it entertaining for people you know Mm -hmm. like i don't think that's a thing Let's yeah. talk a little bit about social media. What is your like you have a newsletter? What's your what's your setup?
2: I'm on all of it. Whether I want I, I didn't really want to be. Um so pre-COVID, I had almost completely backed away from social media pre pre uh, you know, self-publishing, pre pre script. And it I quickly found out that if I want to build my presence, then I gotta be there. And so I'm basically there to each, each one's got its own different purpose. So with Twitter, I'm basically trying to connect with other writers and with people in the publishing industry and other editors Um, with Instagram. I'm trying to connect with, with book bloggers and with, um, with readers. And um, I've recently, and I have a Facebook as well. I have my newsletter on my website. Goodreads, which I, I have to keep up for myself so that I make sure it looks nice. Um, and then I have recently started TikTok and I feel like such a grandma when I say that because everybody on there is like 14, but it's super fun and it's really a fast growing market and it's going to be interesting to see how, my, how how that will affect my readership, my sales, all that stuff by being on TikTok because I know that a lot of um, authors are getting on there and seeing good results.
1: Well, I have to ask, what do you put on TikTok? Because I I have seen authors use that. Mm -hmm. I I didn't think that as an author tool, but I've seen authors do like fun videos where Mm -hmm. like, What's what are writers really thinking in their head? And yeah, these fun little, so, skits. what do you normally do? I don't do a
2: whole lot of that. I've done, I've done a couple of little skitty things, but mostly I'll put my book trailers on there because I love to make book trailers on Canva. Um, So I'll put my book trailers on there when I'm trying to promote a a, a sale I'm doing, or if I have a free book. Um, And then I'll also I'll make videos. I'll make like silly little YouTube videos um, that are just like about romance readers or about romance in general and so that's mainly what the kind of content I post up on there because I just I don't I mean eventually I might do like you can you can do like with Facebook live you can do TikTok live and I might do a live reading on there or something but um, mm-hmm. there's uh, so many things you could do with it um, and I'm just I'm just learning.
0: Yeah no, I haven't I haven't ventured into the TikTok realm other than to watch drag makeup videos well, there's definitely, definitely a lot of good stuff on there. Definitely.
1: I, I think I, try, I purposely did not download it on my phone because I was like, these are one of these things that's going to go down a like dark hole and I can't mm-hmm. have anything distracting me from my writing. Oh, but definitely. I have, been, I have been a fan of when they do those videos with the song where they were like wiping the window and then their face changes. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like those make me laugh I, I, I really enjoy it and I will admit there are quite a few like adults on there that make hilarious content yeah well like- and then the
2: way it is it's, it makes editing videos like so easy you don't have to be you know like uh, technically savvy to make a really cool video and it's just really intuitive um program
0: yeah That is awesome. Okay. We are nearing the end of the podcast. The first thing I'd like to ask is what advice do you have since you waited 30 years, then went at this full speed ahead, like, you know, like the road runner or something. (laughs) Um, What advice do you have for authors
2: out there? Don't wait 30 years. Don't wait. Don't wait until you have a major dramatic life event to be scared to put your stuff out there or to just try to do something or to take time for yourself to do something. Because really, that's what it was, is trying to find the time to take to do the things for myself. So, yeah, that's that's my advice. Don't wait 30 years and, and uh, you know. it's it's easy to say don't be be brave don't be scared but I know everybody's different and everybody has different levels of comfort and different levels of of anxieties that they feel about things but I just I would my hope is for other aspiring writers that they can they can find the
0: courage to just just do it that is awesome I love that okay and shameless self-promotion time how do readers find you well, as
2: I've said before, on Script, if you have a Script subscription, that's where you're going to find the largest catalog of my work. Um, and you can get a free trial from there, I believe a 30-day free trial. Um, and uh, so I, I have audiobooks there and all of my ebooks. Um, I'm also available on Amazon. Um, uh, some of my stuff's on Kindle Unlimited. Some of it's not. Um, also Barnes & Noble, Kobo, and Google
0: Play. Awesome! Awesome! You have been wonderful. Thank you for yeah, having- Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Okay, guys, this has been Drinking with Doctors. I've been your host Erica Lance, okay. and we will see you next time.